Welcome to BrainStuff from How Stuff Works. Hey, BrainStuff, Lauren Vogelbaum here. After five plus years of deep researching potential medicinal uses for cannabis, Sanjay Gupta, a neurosurgeon, professor at Emory University's School of Medicine in Atlanta, and most famously, medical correspondent for cable news giant CNN, has settled firmly on this conclusion. Weed works. Not for everybody, but for a lot of people, it can ease pain, reduce inflammation, and for many who struggle with opioid addictions, it can help them kick their habits by tamping down the nausea, insomnia, and other symptoms that characterize opioid withdrawal. Very possibly, cannabis may help heal brain damage caused by opioids, too. Gupta has not always believed this. He wrote a piece for Time magazine in 2009 outlining his opposition to the legalization of pot, even for medicinal use— His turnabout since then has made him an unlikely ally of the pro-cannabis crowd and put him publicly at odds with a government that still places cannabis in the same class of drugs as heroin and LSD. Dr. Sanjay Gupta, CNN star, practicing brain surgeon, and medical marijuana advocate. Who would have thunk it? Gupta says, I don't really know that I see this as being an advocate. I think for me, it was not advocacy journalism as much as it was evidence-based journalism that hopefully spoke truth to power. Gupta's about-face on cannabis, or maybe it's better described as a slow, steady, deeply thought-out awakening, is grounded in years of journalistic research, highlighted in the CNN documentary, Weed. The fourth installment of the series, Weed 4, Pot vs. Pills, examined the use of medical cannabis to help solve America's addiction to opioids. It's a crisis crying for answers. According to the National Institute on Drug Abuse, more than 115 Americans die every day from opioid overdose, usually prescription painkillers, heroin, or synthetic opioids like fentanyl. One study puts the economic burden of the epidemic at more than $78 billion a year. At least part of the solution to combating the opioid crisis to a growing number of researchers and doctors, including Gupta, is cannabis, a long-stigmatized drug used recreationally and therapeutically. Those researchers and doctors are just beginning to unlock what happens when pot hits the brain and how that can help break an addiction to opioids. Opiates block the transmission of pain signals to the brain, and they can be very good at it. The problem is that the drugs are highly addictive. Users need more and more to get the same relief, making them extremely dangerous. They can, Gupta explains in Weed 4, actually turn off the body's natural instinct to breathe, leading to tens of thousands of deaths a year. Gupta says... Opiates tend to cause this disruption in an area of the brain around these glutamate receptors. I liken it to having two big cities, New York and Chicago, and you need to send these signals back and forth via airplanes to these two cities, and suddenly, all the transportation is down. Once hooked on opiates, and that can happen as quickly as in a couple weeks, addiction is very difficult to break, possibly because of the damage the drugs do in a certain area of the brain, the prefrontal cortex. Gupta explains... That part of the brain is sort of a judgment area where you start to learn things. Some of the wisdom that has come out recently is that even if you stop taking the opiates, you don't necessarily heal that part of the brain. You're still at risk of relapsing. In some ways, the brain is not able to remember the negative impact of the opiates. Cannabis, like opiates, also blocks pain signals, Gupta says, but it also reduces inflammation that can lead to further pain. And the real advantage of cannabis for opioid addicts, Gupta says, and here he points out the groundbreaking research of Dr. Yasmin Hurd, the director of the Addiction Institute at Mount Sinai in New York, may be that the cannabidiol, or CBD, compound in the plant 
can fix the receptors damaged in the brain from opioid use and can make communication in the brain whole again. Gupta says, the idea that CBD can heal the diseased brain of an addict was the real takeaway for me. There's nothing else that we know of that can really do that in the way CBD does. One of the more than 400 chemical compounds in the cannabis plant, CBD is used often for medicinal purposes in children for diseases like epilepsy and is legal even in 17 of the most cannabis-opposed states. CBD does not contain the psychoactive part of the plant, known as THC, that produces the high of cannabis use. The pro-cannabis crowd points out that no one has ever overdosed on cannabis or CBD, making it infinitely more preferable to other addiction-breaking therapies that use opiates like Suboxone or Methadone to wean addicts off stronger opiates like heroin. Still, cannabis use is not without its dangers, especially for younger people with developing brains, Gupta says. Cannabis can be addictive, and the psychoactive part of the plant can impair motor function and judgment. Despite cannabis's negatives, the biggest hurdle that weed advocates face is clear. The plant remains a federally regulated Schedule I drug. Though many states have legalized CBD and have approved cannabis for medicinal uses, and some have even okayed it for recreational or otherwise personal use, it is still illegal on the federal level. Many in the current presidential administration seem hell-bent on keeping it that way. The nation's top drug enforcement official, Attorney General Jeff Sessions, has spoken out forcefully against the legalization of cannabis and seems defiant in his opposition to the work of Mount Sinai's Heard and others. Sessions' apparent reluctance to look at the potential good of cannabis is not unusual. Many people still see cannabis as a gateway to harder drugs, a theory that's been debated for years, debunked by some and revived by others. Through the work of Heard and many others, though, it's becoming much more difficult to blindly accept the old way of looking at cannabis. Gupta stands as one of the more public examples of someone who has accepted new evidence, and he's glad to share his findings with the powerful. In April of 2018, he wrote an open letter to Sessions after Sessions repeatedly turned down Gupta's requests for interviews. Research by Heard and others, including University of California San Diego anesthesiologist Mark Wallace, who has been looking at cannabis as an alternative pain reliever for more than 20 years, continues, even though studying the medicinal uses of cannabis is difficult because of its status as a Schedule I drug. Gupta says, I think it's one of those situations where everybody who is responsible in this whole discussion wants more data. The situation I think we find ourselves in is there isn't a real mechanism by which to obtain that data, given the regulations right now around medicinal marijuana. The debate on how to research cannabis, or even if we should study it, continues too, though a showdown may be coming. In June of 2018, the U.S. Food and Drug Administration approved a CBD-based drug, Epidiolex, for the treatment of epilepsy. That puts the FDA in a strange position, a federal agency giving the go-ahead to a cannabis-derived drug, even as it remains illegal on the federal level. Researchers and proponents like Gupta hope that this will push the government to reschedule cannabis as a less dangerous drug— Rescheduling would make research easier and, perhaps someday, unlock more federally approved uses for a plant that may yet play a major part in bettering, even saving, thousands of American lives from opioid addiction. Gupta said, Over the next year, my guess is we're going to see a significant transformation with regard to medical marijuana in this country. We're seeing something that I've never seen before in my medical life, an entirely new class of medications that could be used to treat a wide variety of things. Today's episode was written by John Donovan and produced by Tyler Klang. 
To hear more about the history of cannabis in the United States, including why I'm largely calling it cannabis and not marijuana, check out the episode of my other show, Food Stuff, called The Fully Baked Episode on Cannabis Edibles, featuring an interview with Becca Grimm of Dope Girls. This is where I'm supposed to remind you to contain yourself in BrainStuff-themed t-shirts from our online shop at tpublic.com slash brainstuff. And, of course, for more on this and lots of other fully baked topics, visit our home planet, howstuffworks.com. Howstuffworks.com.